Parenting is a full-time job, and providing effective support for today's teens can be challenging. The Parent Engage 360 podcast aims to provide connections and information from experts in the fields of chemical health, mental health, internet safety, and more. It's a comprehensive view on parenting, provided in a personal, convenient format. Tune in to today's episode of the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. Hello, and thanks for joining us today. I'm Liz Berger, the Parent Involvement Coordinator. When it comes to supporting students, there is no one-size-fits-all approach. Past episodes of the Parent Engage 360 podcast have introduced resources and support systems on a variety of specific topic areas. In today's episode, we are going to be joined by Angela Renee, school social worker at Champlain Park High School, and Julia Cornel Smith, a school counselor at Coon Rapids High School, to discuss the process of finding support for your child. Whether your child needs academic, mental health, or other types of support, we hope to provide you with a starting point. Angela and Julia, thank you both so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Angela, can you start us off and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your role as a social worker at Champlain Park High School? Yes, I've been a school social worker for the last six years. What I appreciate the most about this role is that while students are my primary stakeholders within the context of their high school education, nothing is off the table. Today's topic is, of course, whole student, and that is who presents students with confusion, hopes, fears, mistakes, joys. They're balancing their home life, employment, mental health, their faith, their racial identity, community, and global concerns, and we really have to be ready for it all. So you carry a lot of different topics and, and weight on your shoulders every time you get to interact with students and um, in your role. You never know what to expect. So truly be ready. So you're ready for it. Uh, Julia, how about you? You are a uh, school counselor at Coon Rapids High School. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey to become a school counselor and or kind of how that's different than the school counselor, but also you work in tandem together? Yeah, well, um, question about the journey to become a school counselor. I think what always attracted me to the profession was just a love of, I just love working with people with, um, and a variety of ages. And so I think I wasn't, I didn't always know that that's what I wanted to go into. And I think some people maybe think of the, maybe the stereotypical school counselor role from the, you know, early sixties and seventies, <laughs> and it's much different now. It's much like what Ange described all of those things. And I don't know that the profession even could have anticipated all of the things that would fall under the umbrella of school counselor and school social worker. It's just, it's just the needs have changed over the decades and it's been an evolving profession. I'm glad that I landed here. There's certainly never a dull moment because of all of the things that Angie described, Angie described like just all, you know, the different things that can come at you each day. I love, that's what I think I love about the job, that there's a variety, there's a variety in the difference of developmental stages, and then also all the different issues that students come to, come to the school doors with every day. I appreciate that both of you um, said in your answers too, like your, the importance of working with students or with people. I think that that's the, the majority of the job. And then it's the different topics or ideas that are brought to you to work through and, and help problem solve in your role. And I think that 
like you had said, Julia, the times have changed and times continue to change and morph. And us as professionals working in schools also has to change and morph based on the student needs that we are seeing and that we have in our buildings. So thank, thank you to both of you for pointing that out because I think that's so important. It's people work, right? So we know that the, a lot of the student support is outside of um, the specific academics that maybe the teachers are teaching students. But can either of you explain a little bit about Anoka Hennepin's student support model and how it helps provide structures of support for students? Yeah, with Anoka Hennepin's student support model, we are respecting that a student's academic experience is not in a vacuum. For a student to be their best student and achieve their goals, they're going to need to have their social, their emotional, and their behavioral needs met first. Students in crisis or students who are unstably housed, students who really haven't worked out positive problem-solving skills, they're not going to be able to show up and do their best on that math test Friday morning. They may not be able to see their power and their potential in their future and get them to adhere to their own goals moving forward. So our student support model asks us to consider what barriers and distractions might be existing for a student and uh, where and how to go about offering different opportunities for growth of the whole student. Yeah, I, th I think you're encapsulating, you know, kind of the whys and the and the needs of all of our students. And I, what I think um, just across our schools, the, the supports are diff maybe different, but I think a message that I really wanted to bring out was that the supports are there. And I don't want, ever want families to hesitate to reach out or for students to reach out. Their supports are there. Uh, and there's in, in all different areas, like I started to make a list of all of the different ways that we support kids. And it, it was gargantuan uh, because it's really about a partnership and collaboration. It's not about one person in the school to go to. It's not about, we'll just go to the school counselor and they'll solve everything or go to the school's social worker and they'll solve everything. It's the teachers first and foremost where that support begins. Uh, it's in our quiet study times after school um, with teachers. It's sometimes on our fields and on our courts where it's a coach who's supporting kids in in all areas of their life. Um, obviously, the we're, we're schools, so the focus is academics, but with that comes all that support for mental health and the crises and housing, like she mentioned. Um, it's all of those different areas. And so it may come through, um, we've got therapists in the schools, we've got um, ninth grade orientation, we have, you know, a variety of clubs and activities that, that students can join. It's our SAAs, it's our school psychologists, it's the case managers. So like the list was just so long in terms of all the support that we provide to students. And so, yeah, when we have needs that arise, we have people to address them and to work collaboratively to address those needs, I think is the important piece. And just for families and students to know these exist and we want, we're here to help, we wanna help. And if you start in one place and that isn't, and that person can't, you know, maybe necessarily solve the issue, we just know that they can reach out and have lots of partners within the school and also within the community. I think you asked earlier, like, what are some of the differences between maybe school social workers and school counselors? We have a lot of resources in the school. We have a lot of resources in our community as well. And I think sometimes that's a skill set 
or a strength that some of our social workers sort of bring to the table when we partner with them. And I would say, like in our school for specifically, like we partner all the time with our social worker. We kind of work hand in hand and, you know, collaborate with students and share students and tag team and bounce ideas off of each other. And it's just great to have that um, support within the building too. So I don't know if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And that's part of the reason that we're doing the, our po- our podcast focus on a lot of different topics. And one of the things that we hear about is, you know, parents don't really know who is in a building because a lot of times, you know, what a teacher and a principal does and a nurse maybe. And then there's all additional supports that maybe we had when we went through our academic experience and maybe there's additional supports now. And you had mentioned, Julia, there's a long list of, of support in schools. And that's why we're really trying to highlight, like there are people that can help. And maybe your student um, is really comfortable connecting with the social worker because they have that relationship. So maybe uh, they would start with a social worker or a teacher or maybe not not even know who they need to connect with. But they say something to someone in the building and to know that there is a wraparound approach or that that each of you are having conversations with people in your building to say, this is what I know. I don't this is outside of my area of expertise, but how can we provide the support to the student who is going through something difficult right now or maybe it's through something really that they just need help extra help with. And I think that that's something I've been thinking a lot about is that there are a lot of people in schools to ask for help to and um, also for parents to know that they can start out with a counselor, start out with a social worker. And that might not be the person that they end up with, but that person can then connect them to the right person in the school if they feel like they need extra support for their child or their family. And then also schools aren't the end all be all for things. So sometimes we do need that external community support, which I know the social workers do a really great job of trying to navigate and keep lists and and understand what other supports are in their community if they do need to refer or help students find additional support outside of what the school can offer. And Angela, would you mind talking a little bit about those extra supports that are outside of school? Yes, uh, Liz and Julia, thank you both. You were very complimentary to our uh, collaboration. We feel that here at Champlin Park as well. So as far as uh, support outside of the building, we have a number of community partnerships. We have some uh, strong relationships with some of our faith partners who are fantastic at supporting some of our basic needs and showing up. Uh, when we ask them, which is uh, really uh, remarkable to have that. Uh, We also just have uh, community members that will call and show up and uh, parent volunteers that will come in. I can think of one um, community member. I I honestly, I I couldn't tell you her first name, but I know that once a year she uh, walks in and hands me five envelopes uh, with $100 in each, and she trusts that we know who who needs that in that moment. And uh, it's really remarkable. And it's my second year in the building and she came back again this year. So we have people that are really looking out for our students and want to show up. Additionally, there's of course, uh, you know, the entities and the agencies that are there. And, and uh, we've had a lot of work with some of our mental health providers, our students who may be going for a hospitalization or different treatment services. We work very closely with them to make sure that a student can have their wellness be their uh, first priority and uh, figure out how we can support a student moving forward towards their goals of graduation and after graduation. 
I was just thinking back to like asking what our role was is with all of those partnerships. And maybe you feel a little bit like this as social workers too, but sometimes school counselors are, or school social workers are a good place to start. And then, so we kind of sometimes envision us, see us as like the hub of the wheel. And then from there, we direct out or support out um, for whatever the needs are. So that's kind of the way that our department sort of described it Mm -hmm. in the last couple of years that we feel like more and more like we sometimes are a starting point and we want it to be a safe and comfortable spot for people to come and to reach out, whether that's students or parents, teachers too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We support teachers in lots of ways as well. I do love when we're around the table with our student uh, support team and we're we're nearly fighting over who who is stepping (laughs) in, who is doing the outreach, (laughs) who has an existing relationship with the family. Oftentimes there is more than one of us who are are ready to go, who has a relationship. So that's a very great problem to have here in our building. Especially when people are really working together to Mm -hmm. figure out the solution, whether it's you take it on, I take it on, we're just going to solve this problem and really try to help this family or student through this. That kind of lends into the question. So at the high school level, because both of you are at the high school level, there is a school social worker and counselors at each of our high schools um, throughout the district. I know, Angela, you've spent some time at an elementary school in our district. Can you talk a little bit about how there are similarities with the support that's offered at elementaries and second and secondary and how parents at each of the levels can help their students to find that support? Yes, so I love this question. Uh, when I'm, I'm, I'm tagging on to the, to the parent caregiver question first. So when I first moved to secondary, the secondary environment, I wondered truly where were the parents and guardians at? And uh, it turns out they're absolutely here. They have the same amount of care and concern, maybe even more as their students are facing bigger decisions and more opportunities. I suspect that our parents and guardians might just not know what is the right amount of engagement or how to go about that engagement. Something that I hear from students over and over again is that they really, they do want to stay connected with their adults from their home environment, and they do want more dialogue. What they tell me is that the adults are know how to ask about grades, they know how to ask about missing assignments, and they don't necessarily know how to ask about all the other things that are going on in their lives. And I would really hope and encourage the adults in the way that we are really trying to support the whole student here, that the the adults in their life also try to to get to know about, you know, their their goals for themselves, not the adult's goal for the child, but uh, the student's goals. Uh, Most of the students know that they have a missing assignment and they're very well aware when they are not passing a class or two. So let's look at the other aspects of what is taking up space and energy for them uh, emotionally, intellectually, you know, what are their fears? What's what's gonna uh, motivate them for themselves? And that's, I think, a different approach. And I I guess I would just really encourage, again, that that, uh, the adults, this isn't the time to let them go out fully and and 
and and fall and that you they, they still need you and that freedom comes with responsibility and when the the freedom it, when those aren't matching when they're not able to to manage that responsibility that they have maybe that's when the freedom goes down and just make sure that that's an ongoing conversation with your young people they they i'm a parent as, as well and um they they still need us Thinking about your experience in elementary versus your experience at secondary, if I'm a parent and I'm concerned at from the elementary level, or if, if I'm a student and I'm having, uh, I need extra support, it looks a little bit different at the elementary level. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So uh, we do still have conferences <laughs> and we do still want you here. We, we clear up our schedules and we are prepared for those in the building, uh, not just teachers. Uh, all of our staff are, are here on those days, our student support team, we are available and we're more than happy to meet with you, whether it's telephone, whether it's a video call, in person, we want to have that communication with you and we don't want it to just be focused on grades or focused on discipline. There are so many uh, really awesome aspects going on. So in elementary, you had opportunities to go into the building and you were invited to parent nights and there were showcases and performances. We're still trying to figure out how to, to, to keep bringing you in the building and get your time here, even when, you know, your student might say that, you know, you might have to change how you, how you show up and, and how you engage with them here because they are really doing that individualization and, and figuring that out. But you can still be here and you can play it cool or you can pick them up on the way home from an event and, <laughs> and learn a lot about it. Offer to drive the friends home. That's where you're going to get that good information. It, it's You have to be just a little bit more creative than you had to in elementary because in elementary, you had so many opportunities to be there. But um, we're still here. We still want you here. Join us. Julia, would you agree with those things that she said? It looked like you may have something to add to that. Yeah, I was just going to say. I think it becomes just more specialized in terms of what your student is involved in. So it might be coming to an activity rather than coming to the all school, you know, activity, concert, whatnot, event, bingo night or something. We don't have those anymore in the, at the high school level, but it it's maybe tying into whatever your student is involved in. It might be a club or an activity, a sport, a concert, um, those types of things. I would echo that, yeah, we still want to see um, parents show up for conferences. I think it with our technology these days and just the busyness of people's schedules, I think um, being able to reach out in different ways. I think in elementary school, that was more an in-person individualized conference where now it might be uh, an email that you get off when you, that you send off to a teacher when you see that there's a need or a concern in the class and it's more in the moment rather than waiting for conference night in a month. And so I think it just looks very different. I think I would agree that it's, you know, we want to still have families come in. How we do that is a little different at the high school level, um, but that we're certainly still available and maybe even more available, um, <laughs> like I said, in the moment when things are popping up. So I know I also have children, as I've talked about through this podcast, and I remember when they were born and I felt like, oh, this is once I get through the baby stage, it's going to be way easier. Once I get them into kindergarten, it's going to be way easier. 
And um, as you mentioned, Angela, it's just, as we know, kids get older, they, we all continue to still have problems and things that we need support working through and things that we never thought that we would have to have a, a conversation with our children with or our spouse with or our friends with or about um, continue to come up. And I, I loved the point that you had said about just try to get to know your students and maybe have that conversation about something besides what their grades are, the missing assignments, and really leaning into things that they're interested in. Like you had mentioned, Julia, is it a sport? Is it a extra extracurricular? Is it something that you noticed that they did really well? Because a lot of times we know when kids get older, they have less to say to you as the adult because you are not that cool and we don't know anything. And so like what what are different ways that we can have those conversations that are around topics that maybe they're interested in um, and that you are curious about? So being curious about what your kid is into. Um, as we all know, life has changed since we went, we're in middle school, high school, elementary school. Things that kids are into may be a lot different than when we were into. Um, so being able to have those questions and, and being curious is, is super important. I was just going to throw in, too, that at the high school level, too, the engagement, what you are maybe expecting of your child or the involvement you need to be when they're a kindergartner versus a senior, it's also also a healthy part of allowing that independence and that freedom uh, mm-hmm. and that trust. And um, so it's it's kind of a balance because you're we're also wanting to equip them mm-hmm. with going out into the world where your parent, if you're heading off to college or a job, your parents not necessarily going to be able to just do a check-in in the moment. And so I think that's sometimes why we see sort of um, maybe numbers going down for in terms of like reaching out to teachers sometimes, but there's also probably some health or some um, normal in that too, mm-hmm. because it's that letting go and, um, and maybe they're checking with their student and we don't know that um, when they're allowing their student to have that freedom. You know, I hear that from some parents too, just, you know, there's their junior, their senior. So we do look at it every once in a while, but I, but this is also their education and, and they're making some of these choices too. And we're, you know, they, I think they absolutely parents care and they're, helping them navigate, but also as a parent, really hard to start to let go of some of those strings and giving them some of that independence. So they have those wings to fly, right? Correct. What we're wanting them to do is to leave our nests and and be able to manage on their own. So it's all those things too, that I think are much different when you're at an elementary level, when you need much more of that guidance and involvement. It's a beautiful thing to watch your child become an adult, but it's also <laughs> for us as adults uh, trying to help yourself navigate like, okay, now now they are developmentally at a place where I do need to step back and let them mm-hmm. have some independence or or they're, they're not mad at me. It's just where they're at in their development and they'll come back around eventually and, and just trying to, to renegotiate with yourself to allow your mm-hmm. child to have some autonomy and to know like it's okay and it's healthy but also getting to the point of like, okay, if I'm starting to notice behaviors or patterns that are outside of what I feel like might be normal, to have the conversation with the support at the school is also to know that they're there, even to bounce those questions off of people. Like, is this normal for my kid to feel this way? A lot of times school staff can say, yes, all ninth graders (laughs) we notice are doing this, or you should maybe, um, let's talk about that a little bit more and get some ideas because kids do change and their personality changes drastically when they start going through puberty and they're trying to figure out who they are so they can eventually become an adult and fly and do what they're going to do after they graduate high school. So I think that is really important. And what our role as a parent looks like shifts every, every day almost. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, Liz, that is such a familiar conversation that I'll have parents call and just ask, like, is this normal? And it's this like, yes, <laughs> like if I could tell you, and of course I'm not telling them all the calls that I get that are similar, but my goodness, there's just the, the idea of the whole student is just so vastly different, similar to what you were saying earlier, Julia. Our students today, they've lived through a pandemic. They've lived through really a, a global racial reckoning. They have an increased understanding and responsibility around uh, one's gender and sexuality. And they have things like cancel culture, things that just didn't even exist. I, I didn't know any of these things. And, and we're, we're really doing a lot of work around destigmatizing around mental health. And then there's this like pervasive use of social media. Like we may not be ready to respond, but, or, or want like, no, like not know the answers. Cause these aren't things we've actually ourselves lived through. Right. But we have to just be able to, to show up and, and figure out how to navigate these things and really collaborate across with our families and across our school teams. I think you said it so well, and I, I love doing podcasts. We've had some students on it. We've had, and then being able as in my role to go out and, into the schools. I, I always come back every time I go to a high school and I'm like, these kids to not today are so much smarter than I was when I was a yes. sophomore, when I was a senior. I'm like, I did not, I could not talk the way they talk. I did not have this like understanding of the world. I'm just so impressed by our, our youth today. And because of the experiences you mentioned, they've had to, they get to think about things differently than maybe the, the three of us did when we were going through high school or middle school and, and our young adult life. But I also think that as parents or as caregivers or special people in youth lives, like we have an opportunity to also learn. I don't know social media that well. Even my my nine-year-old knows social media and uses it better than I do. So being comfortable with saying, I'm not quite sure, I've never I've never talked about this, can you tell me more about it, um, is also really important as parents or caregivers or a trusting adult to say, tell me more about that because I actually don't know. <laughs> and it's okay not to know because we don't know everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they are truly the best teachers. Correct. Yeah. We do work with, I think that's what keeps so many of us just energized and enthused about this job is just the energy our students give us and the constant change and the growth that they push us to do as well. So, yeah. And I was just going to say, you know, I think one of the threads that keeps coming through is that it's coming through in the questions, but even in the answers to the questions that it didn't, didn't directly ask uh, about the whole student and, you know, that Yes, our number one priority is to help students be successful academically, but that we also want students to be, and this is sort of part of my message that I send to, whether that's to students the first time I meet them or to a classroom or to parents, like our goal is to have them be successful academically while they're here in high school. And for that's different for every student. And I talk about examples with students. For some students that might mean taking one honors class before you graduate. For some, it's just, you know, it's raising that GPA up or it's asking more questions in class or finding a subject that they didn't know that they'd like and they find that they love it and um, now want to maybe go into a career in that area. So it's the academics and 
Uh, I probably this is maybe one of the differences maybe with social workers a little bit and school counselors that we delve a lot into the career and college portions like what are you, what's your plan after high school so I sometimes tell students no sooner are we getting them in the door that I'm trying to push them out <laughs> in a good way like <laughs> like what's your plan like while you're here how are you taking classes to discover what you love and what you are passionate about and and how can we figure out a plan for when you leave here? And I'm a believer that, you know, when you leave high school, that this shouldn't be your last journey in education. Some way, some way, shape or form, you're going to continue to learn. So for some, that's going to a four-year college. For some, that's going to a two-year college. For some, that's going to a technical college. Some, that's going to an apprenticeship program. Or for some, it's right into the workforce where you can be trained on the job, it might be the military. So there's all these different um, ways that we can send them off um, with a, you know, and I want them to be successful in that plan. So we want to send them off with a plan, want them to be successful in that plan, want them to be equipped to carry through, you know, to be able to have the skills to to be successful in that. Um, and then, you know, so that's kind of the academic and futuristic in terms of careers and college aspects. But also I tell students while they're here, not only do I want them to be an awesome student, you know, I want them to be a good member in our hallways and in our classrooms and and in our clubs and organizations. We want them to be connected here. We want them to be a vital part of our community. And I tell that even to ninth graders. I think ninth graders come in and they're kind of apprehensive. Oh, well, I'm just a ninth grader and I don't, you know, I don't, I, we, everybody in every grade belongs and is a vital member of our community. We want them to, to be apart from the start. Now that may look different. They may be more in a leadership role when they're in a junior or senior, but ninth graders are important. Every bit as 12th graders are. And so um, I want them to be a, you know, be having fun while they're here. I think that's, you know, like you mentioned, we have any, you did mention the pandemic. I didn't have it in my notes, but it's always, always in the forefront of our minds. Like some of these kids lost, you know, mm -hmm. some of those things that they loved in their life for a good couple of years. And so to be able to reclaim that for them and to enjoy being a kid a little bit and not be so stressed. And I know life is stressful, but, and school can be stressful, but we want them to have fun and be engaged while they're here mm -hmm. too. And then I want them to go into life and continue those citizen skills. Just like I said, I want them to be a vital part of our school community. I want them to go into life and be a vital part of their community wherever they land. So that's kind of the whole piece, right? Like, and so that, you know, it's not just about the academics, but it's about being connected and being a good friend and being a good citizen at your high school and beyond. So mm -hmm. that's that's sort of what I say my role is as a school counselor in trying to um, address the whole student with with each and every kid that comes through our doors. I could listen to both of you talk all day. You can just tell by your responses and, and I can see their, your faces, your facial responses and just the passion that you have for the work that you do and the students and the families and the communities that we serve. Thank you so much for being here today. As we wrap up, are there additional things that you would like to share with the people that are listening that maybe we haven't touched on yet? Or do you have a story or two about the positive impact that your work has had maybe on a specific student or your school or your community? Well, that is very hard to narrow down. <laughs> <laughs> 
We are are having a blast here. I, I can speak mostly of our social work resource area. Uh, we see hundreds of students come through our doors each week. One of the things that we always uh, like to do here is understand from a student if they have a connection to an adult in the building. And, and Julia, you mentioned that as well, the importance of that. And uh, occasionally we have students that say, no, they don't have a coach, a teacher, a counselor. They haven't found anybody that's really their person. And that's when we're gonna just go all hands on deck and try to figure out and create an environment where those relationships, those interpersonal relationships can, can be built. And that is just, it's, it's imperative to figure, to figure that out for folks. It might not be us, uh, but we're, we are here. We love to link and figure out who that could be. I know for us here in social work, uh, we really rely a lot on just being uh, very, very human. <laughs> um, we share a lot of vulnerability. Our team has uh, right now two social workers and five interns. Our interns are much closer to the, the lived high school experience. So uh, we want to be the doors that people will come to. I can think of just at the end of last trimester in that final week, we had two students we had never met before come in two separate occasions having uh, what they consider to be their very first panic attack. And somehow they, they got here and um, they've been coming back and um, both of them didn't have people that they were connected. So word of mouth gets around that there, there are uh, places in the building that you can show up to when you don't even know a person's name and, and figure it out and move forward. And we have really endless stories here of, of whether it's uh, academic successes or uh, you know, interpersonal successes, people out getting their licenses, getting their jobs, really, really moving forward with their goals, getting accepted into uh, an HBCU, that was their dream choice. So we're, it's every day, every day it, it's, um, it's, it's paying back to us. Mm -hmm. I would say I would echo that it's really hard to narrow down. Um, <laughs> I've been doing this for a few years now, like two decades, <laughs> few. So it's, well, it's there's many to, stories. Yeah, so lots and lots of stories. And, you know, obviously there, you know, there's the, you know, like the big ones of just watching a student walk across the graduation stage mm -hmm. or getting accepted to that dream college or um, finding what they're passionate about and, you know, really gearing up for leaving in their career choices. Um, I've said throughout the years that it's sometimes, especially at the high school level, it's sort of like planting seeds. Like sometimes you don't see, you know, the impact that you've maybe had on students until later or sometimes ever, you know. So for me personally, when I've ever run into students or even parents of students that I've had over the years and they'll give me updates on how their lives are going. Um, that is just like the best ever. And now I am getting to that age where, <laughs> let's see, I have a teacher that's in the building now that was a former <laughs> student of mine. And now there's even an assistant principal right now, <laughs> the former student. So now you get to be kind of the age, like now you really can see it. And it's been, 
those have been really fulfilling to just see those in action. Like, oh my gosh, they have real jobs and they're with me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> kind of unusual, but really fun just to see them thriving in life and knowing that they're, you know, turned out to, you know, all the things I talked about, the whole student where they're they're doing life and they're doing it well and that's really cool to see and now those are kind of the biggies but i think even as i asked my department i think really what is the most kind of like where we can see the impact is just on the small things and you know it's like the big things that you know get the attention or the news story or you know i think it's those smaller stories that i think are almost more important about it's you know, the student who aced a test or the student who has severe anxiety and was able to get through a presentation. That new student, um, we didn't talk about that, but new students with just the amount of students coming in out of our schools, just such a, have such a place in my heart for like coming in and being new. We have had two this morning and finding someone to sit with in class or finding someone to sit with in lunch improving their attendance. Um, you know, I think especially after these COVID years, just seeing students who's, who are seeing some success in school for the first time, because we've had more normal years and we're starting to see more of that normal with classes. So those are some of the things I think just those day-to-day celebrations that aren't those showstoppers, but they are for those kids in those moments and on those days. And I think those are the those are the fun pieces, just, you know, not just the big thing, but just mm-hmm. all of those little celebrations that we have with kids and just to see them walk out and and know that, oh, my goodness, I, I can do this and I have done this. And it gives them that confidence to move on to the next thing. So. Wow. That's all I have to say. Wow. Thank you both so much for being here and making a difference on the lives of so many students and families and community members clearly they want to come back and work with you now that you've been there long enough julia <laughs> as we wrap up i just want to say like thinking about the whole student like we know academics are important but there's a lot of things that come with us as humans angela like tell you mentioned showing up as a as, as a human and being vulnerable and being able to talk about things that maybe you don't know about or want to learn about is really important And then also uh, the metaphor of planting a seed. We never Mm -hmm. really know the impact that we have on anyone, whether it's a student, whether it's our coworker, whether it's our significant other, whether it's a random human we meet in the community. But just being a good, kind human really does make a huge impact as we're really trying to support our whole student or our whole staff. And you can see that through even the things that you told us today and knowing both of you. Just thank you so much for doing what you do and making an impact on those that you support each and every day. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you so much. This was really enjoyable. Thank you for listening. This resource is produced as a partnership between the Anoka Hennepin Parent Engagement Program and Student Services Department. Be sure to check out additional episodes in the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. For more information or to share feedback, visit ahschools.us slash parentengage360.